It is now time to experience the buzz. A podcast that takes an inside look at amazing people doing amazing things. Get ready for some great conversation that will be fascinating, educational, and inspiring. We will also leave room to help small businesses in a big way. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur Steve Buzzard. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Experience the Buzz. So glad you can join us as we get ready to celebrate another year of episodes on ETB. I'm your host, Steve Buzzard, and today it is episode number 109, Craig Olson, who is my nephew-in-law. He is a teaching pastor at Crossroads Christian Church in Corona, California. Now, you may be asking yourself, wait, isn't that in Southern California? That is true, but he does have a NorCal connection. This is also part of the series that we are doing in which I am interviewing Tyler Sweeney, who you heard last week. He's my nephew. His sister is married to Craig Olson, who will be on the show today. And then next week, we're going to speak to Jim Sweeney. He is a pastor in Sebastopol, which is in the Bay Area. More on Craig in just a minute. It's now time for What's the Buzz? Now, in What's the Buzz? Listen, a new year and a new opportunity. If you are a small business out there, we would love to invite you to be a part of our program. We have customizable menu in which you can jump on board and we can just highlight your small business. So right now in place, we have R5 Stitch and Print. We have Little Whale Swim School and we have Pit Boss Jerky pretty cool because two of the three have been with me since day one and we've had up to five six sponsors that have been on the program and it's very simple uh, when you go to buzzardball.com and then go to uh, the podcast uh, part where you can become a sponsor it'll be all laid out for you but the big thing that I want to share with you is that it is customizable let me give you an example with R5 Stitch and Print we just do trade with Pit Boss Jerky, I get beef jerky for life. You can't ask for anything more. And then Little Whale Swim School, they do do a, a monthly uh, payment that they put in place, and we highlight Little Whale Swim School. So it's very simple. It can be done different ways. So you can check into that. Once again, that's buzzerball.com. Now, we also want I want to let you know that we're on both the audio and video side. If you're just a new uh, person that's come aboard and have come across this, you know, we tell the stories of Sacramento people from this area. And on the audio side, you can get us on buzzerball.com, which is the website. But you can find us on Apple, find us on Spotify. And of course, we would love for you to subscribe. And all that does is just alert you to our new episodes that are coming out. Usually, they come out every week on Friday. We also have a YouTube presence. Check that out. Just go to Experience the Buzz, uh, or at least search for that, and you'll find us. Uh, we've been doing it since episode 80 with my producer, Michael Kenobi. All right, so that is it for What's the Buzz. Now let's get into uh, what's going to be a great conversation today. It is episode number 109. His name is Craig Olson. Enjoy the conversation. And hello, everyone. Welcome into another exciting edition of Experience the Buzz. We are in the new year, and this is actually part two of a three-part series that I'm bringing your way. I was just thinking of a different way to maybe kick off the new year as we get ready to celebrate year number two of Experience the Buzz. And last week, we spoke with Tyler Sweeney, family. He's my nephew. He is a senior pastor. And now we're going to speak to Craig Olson, who is my nephew-in-law. He is married to Tyler's sister, Christina Olson. And how about this? He too 
is a pastor. He is a, a Crossroads Christian Church in Corona, California, but did spend a good amount of time up here in Northern California at Bayside Folsom. So there's the introduction. Craig, welcome to Experience the Bus. Oh, Steve, so good to be here. And congratulations, by the way. This is an incredible journey. Year two, hard to believe. And uh, I, um, it, it's just been so fun to experience uh, the buzz, but also experience your journey and to hear so much. And so, um, yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So fun. Yeah, this is good stuff. And Craig, it's crazy because we're recording this basically the day after that I just spoke with Tyler. Okay, so... Like you won't, you won't have heard his episode. He obviously yeah. had some great things to talk about uh, in regards to you as far as being a mentor and stuff. But mm. that's why I think uh, this three-part series is important because it gives three different aspects. There are some similarities to your stories, you and Tyler, but there's also some big differences as well. And so maybe just explain for the people what it is that you do, what your current position is, and kind of give us a, a feel for that. And then we'll get into some questions. Yeah, so good. Um, so, uh, like you said, uh, Steve, I'm at Crossroads Christian Church in Corona, um, which is just, it's just funny in and of itself. Um, so if you go back a little bit, um, I'm born and raised in Southern California, so this is all home. Um, but Corona was never the home. I'm a Orange County kid, born and raised out in Fullerton, uh, and honestly was sort of in that in that window of time where uh corona was starting to boom and being a snobby bratty orange county kid we sort of turned our nose up to corona and uh <laughs> may god have may god have mercy on your soul if you ever had to drive out to corona or further um i'll never forget uh driving out when i was in college driving out to the van buren drive-in theaters if you're familiar with the inland empire uh, and we legitimately, you know, we prayed before we went out cause it was, it's just what you did we were in church. And so, but we legitimately prayed for our safety because we thought, man, we have to drive through Corona and then into Riverside and it's going to be dangerous out there. And, uh, you know, just, just wild. So to be where we are today, uh, man is no doubt, certainly the hand of God without, without question. Um, but where are, you know, where I'm, where I'm sitting today, never did I ever think that I would be, be doing what I'm doing today. So, um, where we're at now, uh, we've been back here at Crossroads for a year and my current position is I'm a teaching pastor, uh, here. So I carry responsibilities that, uh, pertain to, uh, teaching on the weekends. Uh, I'll, I'll preach on weekends. We actually have a Wednesday night service uh, where we dig a little bit deeper. We call it our house of study. Mm -hmm. And um, we, di we dive a little bit deeper into content. And um, interestingly, to where we're, when we're recording this, uh, we actually kick off a series through the book of 1 John where we're going to go verse by verse and uh, really word by word through 1 John. And so Pastor Chuck, our senior pastor, uh, he and I will kind of tag team this and it'll be months long. And so we're just excited about that. Um, and my relationship with Pastor Chuck uh, is an interesting one. So when I got hired a year ago to come back to Crossroads, I spent a season here from 2015 to 2018. I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, was hired to be the teaching pastor uh, with the intention of stepping into the senior pastor position here at Crossroads, which by the way, a couple months ago celebrated its 130th 
anniversary. Wow. The Crossroads is 130 years old. Uh, October of 1892 um, was when it was founded before the city of Corona was incorporated as a city. Wow. Uh, this church was in existence. And so it predates the city, which is wild. Um, but uh, yeah, in six years, I'll step into the senior pastor position here at the church, which is such an interesting, you know, it, it's it's somewhat unheard of in in uh, you know Christian church circles that there's not a lot of stories of of years long succession plans for someone to transition out and then somebody to transition in. A lot of times, you know, it's most churches don't last beyond its founding pastor, um, or there's transition that's not healthy. And um, so. I love where we're at. I love transitions, a huge passion of mine. I've seen it done really well. I've seen it not done really well. And, um, man, if, uh, I'm, I'm not smart enough to write a book, uh, uh, don't barely feel smart enough to do what I'm doing. But, uh, if I ever were to write a book, it'd be about this. And so that's where we're at. Um, when I say we, uh, married, of course you shit, you shared, you know, I'm married to your niece, uh, yeah, Tia, that the family, you know, calls her. And so, We've been married for 13 years. We have two kids. Our daughter, Camden, she's 10. Our son, Cade, he's eight. And uh, I say it like this, parenting is wild. And uh, my kids make me old and keep me young all at the same time. <laughs> I know you probably feel that. And it goes by like that. Yes. So, Absolutely. And Craig, I think it's safe to say like you are where you are exactly supposed to be. But I have to be honest with you, like I didn't realize that this is the calling that you wanted, okay? And we're gonna mm -hmm. dive into that because, you know, there was a time where I thought, I mean, I remember, I remember the day when there were positions open here at St. Michael's that I taught at for 26 years and I reached out to you to say, hey, yep. you know, I think this would be a great position. Now, as far as teaching, like you've got that within you, but I also realized too about you, Craig, I feel like you could do anything, you know? And so to see where you are at right now, is just pretty amazing to me. And I can tell there's a piece that I can see that's come over you. Like, okay, I am, this is where we need to be. And what's interesting is I'll keep pinballing between you and Tyler, just these mm -hmm. journeys of going from Southern California to Northern California, because you did have a stint here. You didn't pinball as much because you're more SoCal than Tyler probably is. But right. just that, just like being in the spot, do you really feel like for yourself, like, okay, this is where I wanted to land. It's so funny that you ask that because I would say that in different seasons of my life, there would be unequivocal yeses mm -hmm. to that to that question. But there's something different about this. My journey is unique in that this was never the plan. Like sitting at my desk here as, as a teaching pastor to one day step into the senior pastor position. Um, you know, it was not it was not the goal, but um and I'll, I'll share, obviously, when yes. we get there, but, um, but where we are at now is um, it, it's, it, there's a couple of factors to it, I believe. First of all, I genuinely believe, my wife and I both believe that we are exactly where God wants us to be. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't feel uh, any other um, pull elsewhere. Uh, this church is unique. I'll talk about this church a little later, but, um, but this church is different and it's always felt like family here, but where we're at now and what we're doing now, we do believe that, that this is what God has for us. 
And I think some of that stems from desires that you have within you. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, um, you know, share your desires with the Lord. He wants to fulfill the desires of your heart. And if those align with his will for your life, um, man, and I think that, I think that God works in such a way where he, he's not a hide and seek God, like, Ooh, see if you can come find me, like come, <laughs> come find your will. I think if you honestly pursue him and you earnestly seek him, there are going to be promptings that you experience in your heart and in your life. And you see a redirection in your life that if you will be willing to run after the Lord with all that you have, um, there's going to be a, oftentimes alignment in the things that you desire mm -hmm. and the purposes and will that he has for your life because you're so close. You think about the relationship that you have with your, you know, with, with, with Chrissy, you know, mm -hmm. with your wife mm -hmm. and you think about how much you guys are on the same page. That wasn't like that from day one when you guys met, but you right. look at the years that you guys have been together because you're so close, you can almost predict what your guy, what you're thinking. It's not any different with the Lord, you know, like, you are so close to the Lord. And so where we are at today is so much of, we genuinely believe this is what the Lord wants for us. Um, and I think some of that also too plays into our family, our, our family, uh, the season of life that we're in. We've done a lot of moving and that'll be part of the story. Like we've done a lot of moving, we've moved around quite a bit. And of course, Tia, you know, and you know, her brother, Tyler, that we had, was on last week they moved around a lot too. And so, um, that's kind of, uh, it's kind of unique to the call of full-time vocational ministry that can happen. But, um, I think the season of our life, I think the season of life that our kids are in has changed a lot of the desires that I've had in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, I think not wanting to miss out in what they're experiencing, you know, my kids can have, you know, they can have different teachers, they can have different coaches, they can go to different schools, but at the end of the day, they've only got one dad and, yeah. um, and I don't ever want to miss out on some of that. So I think God's wired me differently, even in the past couple of years to have a different sensitivity to meeting the needs of my kids, you know, and of course my wife's right there as well. And so, um, so, but where we're at right now, this is where we believe that God's going to have us for a long time. And I got to say, like, based on where we've come from, it's, it's exciting that this looks like this is where we're going to put roots down. So just doing a reset for you. Craig Olson is with us. He is family. He's my nephew-in-law teaching pastor at Crossroads Christian Church in Corona, California. He just described what Corona is all about. And now he is there. Uh, he also did some time at Bayside Church, which uh, we're going to get into that as well. But I want to stay on Crossroads for a second. It is a unique situation. Now, you mentioned you had been there for a period of time, 2015 to 2018, and uh, what strikes me is Tyler kept bringing up relationships, right? People and everything. And I have to imagine that that's what happened for you in being able to get this opportunity. And it's such a unique opportunity. It's not like you're coming in as the senior pastor. They're actually, it's a way of like grooming you or allowing you to cut your teeth to be ready in six years. And it's like, like you said, that's a unique situation to have. And then to have someone like Pastor Bob that, or excuse me, Pastor Chuck that is there for you to be able to teach you along the way. I mean, what an incredible mentor. So in your mind, you're like, yeah, it couldn't be any better than this situation. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that, Steve, is, is there's always been a, um, I've always wrestled with a fear of failing, 
Mm -hmm. And um, it's probably, you know, for anybody that might be listening to this right now, that probably resonates immediately that, oh, well, I've, I've been afraid to fail too. And I think one of the things that I came to grips with and understanding as I started having conversations with, with, uh, with pastor Chuck, when he was interviewing and going through all of those, all of that, you know, during that season of time where, mm -hmm. you know, he did a huge search to bring, you know, his successor in, um, I, I, I asked Chuck, I need to be given permission that it's okay to fail because, you know, I feel phenomenally unqualified and that this six year window provides such an incredible time to be able to grow and learn. But the crazy part is there's a safety net right there. Like I can fail and it's not going to be as catastrophic if like he would have failed. Now I'm not talking about like a moral failing or, you know, something like that, but like, Hey, I've got this idea. I want to try and implement this new strategy. The strategy didn't work. It failed miserably, but it's okay. And so I think that's, what's unique about this situation. And like you said, at the foundation of all of that, our heartbeat of this place has always been relationships. It's yeah. always been, it's always been home. We never thought we would leave here. When we got hired here in 2015, mm -hmm. I was a junior high pastor. Um, and, uh, and never, I never thought we would leave. And, uh, it's, it's incredible to, to see that God had his own way of working through all of this. And I'll share, you know, when we, when we start kind of going through that timeline of things, I'll share some of the things that people said when I left that, um, you know, were incredible, like the promptings that the Lord gave certain people on this staff. And even in this church, um, you see it kind of come full circle. And, um, so it's, it's, uh, it's fun and it's, it's interesting, but, uh, it, it is a unique season and I, I have to shout out, I have to shout out Chuck, you know, Chuck is, um, a phenomenal leader and what he is doing right now is empowering me in ways that is, um, first of all, it's honoring to me. Um, and that's not why I'm in this, but he cares so deeply because what's behind this succession plan, what's behind all of this are people. Like we're in the business of people and we go about the Lord's business and his work, not our business and our work. This is all about him. But knowing that this succession plan is so much bigger than him, it's certainly way bigger than me. Um, but it's not bigger than the people that are represented in the kingdom of God that God has placed before us that we have a stewardship call to go make sure that we're shepherding these people well. And, um, and so it's just, it's just so unique. And so I got to shout him out. This has been such a fun journey. We've been, you know, a little over a year into this yeah. now, and it's been so fun and I'm learning a lot. I'm being challenged. Um, I've, I have failed. I have like, I have not done things well, but I've done some other things that have, that have worked out. And I just, my heart and prayer is that I'll continue to grow and learn. And at the base of all of that is phenomenal relationships and, um, you know, being willing to, you know, storm the gates of hell and, uh, you know, here we go saving souls yeah. and, um, you know, building incredible relationships, uh, you know, for, for eternity. So, so Craig, I mean, let's talk about that timeline. So you mentioned 2015 junior high pastor, Take me before that. I'm trying to remember that was your very first job. And what struck me there is when you said, you know, listen, we thought we were never going to leave. But I think with this business, like you always 
and I, I do call it a business because being a pastor, mm-hmm. it's within the sure. business of the church. There is that aspect of it is that you do have to be in a way, there's got to be a small part where you have to be prepared that things could change, right? Like, I, I agree with you. I think you guys are going to be at Crossroads for a long time. And when 2029 or 2030, it's <laughs> yep. so weird to even say, <laughs> like, you're going to be the right. senior pastor of a church that's been around for 130 years, which speaks volumes, right? But, yeah. you know, just take me through that 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 timeline. I'm trying again. Was it 2015 that that was your first position that you had? So that would have been the that would have been the second one that we one. that we had. So if you go back back to college, so I went to Cal State Fullerton, and uh, by the way, ministry. I declared two things that I would never do uh, when I was in high school. And um, you know, for context sake, I grew up I grew up going to church. Uh, my both my parents uh, are believers and we went to church and I went to the youth groups and the camps and did all the things and um, went a little wayward in, in high school. And um, I went to a private Christian school, uh, kindergarten through eighth grade that was attached to the church that we went to. So for six days a week for nine consecutive years of my life, I was on my church and school campus. And so that foundationally, that was huge for me, arrogantly and, um, you know, uh, pridefully, uh, when I graduated high school, I essentially told God, like, I got it from here. Like Mm -hmm. I've been around this my whole life. And so I kind of faked my way through high school. So I declared two things when I went to high school in terms of like, you know, you start thinking about careers and all this stuff, um, that I would never be a teacher and I would never be a pastor. Like those two things. Yes. Those two things were like the, I ain't ever going to do that. So I went completely away from that. And I went to Cal State Fullerton and got an accounting degree and did did public accounting for three years out of college or out of, yeah, out of college. And what's interesting about that is, um, the accounting firm that I worked for our niche, I did audit. So there's, there's two different routes you can go. You can go audit or you can go tax. Well, I didn't like tax all that much. So I went, I went the audit route. Our clients, the company that I worked for, we were the leader in auditing nonprofits. So churches, ministry organizations, private universities, things like that, um, were our, our clients. So I was going up and down the West coast, visiting churches, ministry organizations, private universities. I'll never forget going to Point Loma. I was on the audit team for Point Loma and they put us up. Usually they put us in the dungeon, the auditors, nobody likes them. They put us on the top floor of this building and we were overlooking the ocean, like the Pacific ocean, just like it felt like a stone's throw away. And, um, and so, but this is what I did. And after, while this was going on, I kind of rediscovered my relationship with the Lord and, um, really kind of got serious about all of that. Um, and what stemmed from that was um, really just being lonely. I kind of forsook my relationship with the Lord in high school and um, kind of faked my way and mm-hmm. knew all the answers to get my life group leaders and teachers and all this stuff. My parents, you know, friends that were cared about me spiritually, like I knew all the answers to get them off my back. And if I, it sounds like I'm being prideful when I say that, mm-hmm. I was. Yeah. And, um, and I just knew. And so, um, and so, uh, I spent my freshman year of college. I did three things. I went to work, I went to school and I went home and that was it. Those, that was my life. That was my, that was my triangle. That's what I did. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was, I was so lonely. I was, I was battling 
loneliness. I've never, I've never dealt with, um, I've never dealt with, uh, uh, anxiety or depression or anything like that. Um, but I was lonely Wow. and, um, I had no friends. I had no, no friends and I would be in, in packed out lecture halls and I would, you know, go to, go to work and I would do, you know, whatever. And I wasn't alone because there were people near me, mm-hmm. but man, was I lonely. And, but that's um, so strange too, because knowing you like that's so against mm-hmm. the grain of the Craig Olson that I knew, but I think it's very important for people to hear because there's going to be a lot of people that right in this moment are like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Right. Like you said, it's not the anxiety. It's not the depression, but there is the loneliness factor too, which is you could put it right in that category. And I'm sorry, but have you thought of the analogy, like of what you did? I mean, to me, I'm just thinking of Jesus going to the taxpayers and saying, follow me. Like, Mm -hmm. do you have that same kind of pull where you're saying, I, I do not want this, but guess where you are? You're exactly in mm. it. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Honestly, honestly, I've never put myself in that position of thinking that. Like you saying that is really the first time that I've ever really? done that. But what's interesting is I see God's hand in my journey. And anybody, like regardless of where you're at in your journey, man, pay attention. Yeah. Like be cognizant, be aware of what's happening because here's what's, here's what's remarkable. We see promises woven throughout scripture of God's faithfulness. Mm -hmm. There are so many promises that God gives to people throughout scripture. And in every single one of those instances where God might make a promise to somebody on the other side of that covenant, on the other side of that promise is a human being that doesn't uphold their end of the bargain. And yet God is still faithful. And um, when I was battling that loneliness, I knew I knew where the answer was. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes whether you're a Christian or whether you're not, mm-hmm. um, we, we battle. We want answers. We want solutions. We want to be able to fix things. And I spent a life far from God, and I spent a life near to God. And... I knew based on the comparison of both of those that um, I didn't want to live a life distant from God because it resulted in phenomenal loneliness. And so, um, so I knew where my answer was. So I spent my whole freshman year of college doing that triangle of work, school, home, work, school, home. That was it. And um, I, uh, I grew up going to Eastside uh, Christian church in Fullerton. And, um, and I remember, I remember knowing that, I needed to go, I needed to get back to that community. Mm-hmm. Church is, you know, not a building. It's 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 a it's the body of believers and I needed that. A building wasn't going to satisfy anything. Mm-hmm. But being around people, I knew that was the cure to the loneliness. But the loneliness was just the that was just like the that was just like the facade. There's always a thing behind the thing. Yeah. And the thing behind the thing behind the loneliness was I was trying to live my life for myself. I was trying to live my life. I thought I had it all figured out. And God was so gracious and God was so, he's, I think that's, what's so remarkable about the God that we, the God of the universe is that, is that we always like, we always screw up the, our end of the bargain. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet God's just a grace dispenser. He's just given us grace over and over and over again. And there's never enough bad. There's never enough failure. There's never enough sin that could happen in your life where God would get to the point where he would say, you know what? 
I'm done. I've dispensed grace. Yep, I've had it. And um, no more grace for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and so what, what, what's just remarkable is I just I said I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in. And so I started going to the college group. Literally the wow. first night that I went, I met a guy. His name's Tim, and um, we had so many incredible, incredible uh, memories. He's honestly he's one of the reasons why I'm I'm where I'm at today. And wow. um, you know. Uh, he invited me to go to, to go to, they were going to hang out after the college group that night. There was maybe 15 people there. It was, it was awkward. It was brutal. It was not fun. And he goes, Hey, we're going to in and out. You want to go? He was about the only guy that I thought like, Oh, this guy I could hang out with. And he invited me to go to in and out. And I said, yes. And, um, he invited me to jump in and be a youth leader. And so I started, started doing youth, uh, started being a youth leader and, uh, met a scrubby group of eighth grade boys and is this course, where the connection you know, comes in? This is where the connection comes oh in. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I meet a guy by the name of Tyler Sweeney. Let's and a go. Bunch of other, <laughs> bunch of other knuckleheads that are You know just... what? He, he, when he described this, he said we were a bunch of knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Man, they were. But, but, but here, here's what's interesting. They were wild and crazy, but there were and there are like yeah. world changers in that group. And, um, we're seeing the results of that. And Tyler, you know, is, is certainly one of those that, um, you know, is, is, is that. And so anyways, so I start leading this small group with, with my buddy, Tim from eighth grade. And I follow these group of guys from eighth grade all the way through 12th grade. Nice. And so five years and I'm loving this. I'm still going to school. I graduate. I start working at this accounting firm and these guys graduate high school and I get to year three of accounting uh, working for this audit firm. And um, I'm like, dude, I don't think I can do this the rest of my life. And I started to feel this sense of, I feel like there's something more for me out there. And my heart was really for youth. I just spent five years, just several days a week investing. I would go to Tyler. He had a bunch. I mean, this guy was a Tyler is, you know, one of the most incredible people I've ever met. And he would share, I mean, he was changing Troy high school. That's my alma mater as well. Uh -huh. Changing Troy high school for the Lord and uh, running their Christian club and FCA, all the things there, half the football team, I feel like came to know the Lord because of him. And, um, and we'd go to their football games. They got wildly success. You guys, you guys came to, you guys we saw came. some of those. Football games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were like, they were kind of like the greatest show on turf. Like yep. you think about those Rams, Marshall Falk and yep. Kurt Warner and all those guys. Like this was, this was Troy high school. Like they could score with the best of them. Their defense stunk, but they could score with the best <laughs> of them. And that was it. Like just trying to outscore people. And, um, and, uh, and I was just like, man, there's gotta be more I can do. So I started praying and uh, kind of a long story short, I get into teaching. And there was another part of this whole story of uh, wanting to get out of accounting because I was dating a girl that I wanted to marry. And I was like, man, I was traveling a lot. And I don't know how Tyler told this story. So I'm about to refute any story that he claims. You know what? It's all yours because he actually said, I'm going to let Craig describe it. So he's, he's well, giving you the floor that, on this one. That's kind. That's kind because the way that Tyler would tell it was he led us boys for five years just so he could go date my sister, which <laughs> we have a lot of fun with that. And I will say that is not how that went down because Christina was the, 
I, first of all, I mean, she is your, uh, your niece. And I mean, there is a, there is a element that every young teenage boy that came across her path that wrestled with the same thoughts that I had, this girl is way too good for me. Yeah. Like this girl is way, I, she is way out of my league. Like I have no chance. And I genuinely thought that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I was kind of doing my thing and, um, what ended up happening was she ended up graduating. So I'd met her a couple times. I coached Tyler in junior high. I coached basketball team. So I, I was around his family a little bit, but I was like, this girl ain't ever going to go for me. Like she's way too good for me. And, uh, and so anyways, uh, she graduates high school and we have a mutual friend. And so she starts hanging out in our group of friends. And so, um, so of course, same thing, like, you know, she's way too good for me. I was, I had dated a couple other, couple other girls at that, uh, uh, you know, sort of throughout those years. And so, um, uh, I, it was going into Tyler's senior year and, um, I remember driving back, I was driving back from Temecula. Uh, from a job site, I was I was uh, at a at an audit client driving back. They were playing um, at Corona Del Mar High School, and uh, I remember driving back. It was Friday. I was trying to make it to the football game because we always went and supported our guys playing football, and um, and we were going to meet up a bunch of us friends, college friends. Before we were all part of the college group, and I walk into Wahoo's Fish Taco, uh, Fish Tacos in in Newport or in Laguna. And I walk in and Christina's there, Tyler's sister, and um, we'd been hanging out, you know, friends or whatever. And she nannied a couple of girls, a couple of like, she's like, they're like five and two, right? The, mm -hmm. the Roberts girls. Yeah. And um, those girls were, were always in tow with her. Like she would just take them to everything. And they were awesome. So cute. And uh, I mean, they're, they're in college now, which is wild. Time flies. But um, I remember walking into the restaurant. And if you've ever been to that Wahoo's in Laguna, you walk in on the second floor and then you have to go downstairs into other seating. Well, I walk into that, that second floor and I walk in to see if anybody's there, any of our friends. And Christina's at a table sitting there with the girls. Was she below. glowing? Was she glowing? <laughs> no, legitimately. I walk in and I'm, sh I am struck by her. And Steve, it's not, I mean, we've I been hanging it. out like. Remember the trip when we came up? Yes. We were going to hire a pastor from Bayside. Yes. And I mean, we were, we had been around each other so much Yeah, and I walk in there and I'm so to this day, I thank God that she did not see me because I know that I had this dumb, like just staring like, Oh my. And it was, it was a, a different light. Yeah. And, um, I was just struck in that moment by her and I like kind of catch myself and I'm just freaking out the whole, the whole time. I'm like, what has happened? How, how come I feel this? Like, and I just really felt like, and maybe it was the Lord and I'm not one to over spiritualize things, but I, I felt like the Lord was like, just go for it. Yeah. Like, what do you have to lose? Like, just go for it. So I started to show her a little bit more attention. Well, here's where it gets wild, right? I show her some attention. I ask her out. She says, yes, that's kind of like, you know, the rest is history. We date, we get married, all that. Right. What she admits at our first date was, I have something I need to share with you. And I'm thinking, oh no, like, what are you going to say? And she goes, I, um, 
I've secretly had a huge crush on you for five oh. years. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm like, what? And legitimately, Steve, like, you know, Tia, like, oh my gosh. you you have to work, you know, for uh-huh. her affection. She's yeah. not like one that's just going to like, if she gives you a compliment, doggone it, it is, she means it. She doesn't just throw yeah. them out like, oh, hey, wait, way to go. Like, <laughs> you really have to do a good job if you're going to get it like, and I thought for sure multiple times in our friendship over the, over those few years, like I thought for sure this girl hated me. Like she was, I mean, borderline cold to me, but what she was doing was she was guarding herself. She was guarding her heart. Didn't want to get there. And I'll, I'll share this. This is where it kind of turns spiritual. Um, and I, like I had said, I dated a couple girls or whatever, not at the same time. I'll, I'll, I want to refute that story. It's on the uh, record. We're good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I asked her one time, I said, why didn't you say anything? And she, this is how mature she is. She said, what good would it have done? Like you were dating somebody else and that's just drama. That's not important. She's so instead of trying to control it herself, she prayed this prayer that, um, I can't tell you how many times I've shared this prayer with people that she's prayed. And it was this prayer. She prayed to the Lord. She said, um, Lord, I want you to change my heart or I want you to change his heart. And, um, and it's just profound. And I would encourage anybody that's going through something difficult where you have a desire that isn't maybe aligning with where the Lord may have you right now. And that might be with a person. It might be with a job, whatever it might be um, to pray that prayer. Lord, change my heart or change that person's heart. Or wow, that's so profound. That it's huge, simple, huge. but it's so oh. profound. Yep. I mean, Psalm 5110 says, creating me a clean heart, O God, and a steadfast spirit, like renew this spirit within me. And um, man, there's there's something there about this idea that, man, God can change your heart. God can give you a new heart, but God can also change the heart of other people. Uh Um, And uh, and she waited and she prayed that prayer. And certainly, you know, God changed my heart. And um, there was a lot of maturing that I needed to have happen. She... I mean, she's phenomenal, of course, like she's incredible, like, and she needed a spiritual leader to lead her. And I, I still feel like she gets the raw end of this deal. You know, I, I, I tried to bag her so quick. Cause I was like, dude, she wants to date me. Okay. Are yeah. you sure you're going to, you're going to find out real quick how disappointed you're going to be. But, um, but I just said, you know, I, I genuinely believe that the Lord was preparing me because of the responsibility that I had to lead to lead her in a relationship and to, to help lead in a marriage. And, um, you know, so the, the Lord just really like looked out for that. So all that to say that relationship started to bloom and I didn't want to be gone from her. And I traveled mm-hmm. a lot with the accounting gig. So I started praying and, uh, I got into teaching and, uh, I landed a position at Eastside Christian junior high and high school. I taught math and business. I coached girls, varsity basketball, boys, varsity baseball, and I loved it. Yeah. Like I, I found my strut. And Steve, this was this is what I thought the Lord had created me to go do was to mm-hmm. to be a teacher. Yeah. I went to school. I got my master's degree in education. I thought this was going to be it. And in between, I did a little thing uh, called Camp Olson. Camp which Olson, is, which is the spinoff. Uh, <laughs> it was a three year spinoff of Buzzard Ball. Yes. And. Uh, and man, what a, what a, what a time that was when we and I, you and I spoke 
And uh, I ran I ran buzzard ball in Southern California and uh, for three seasons. And it yeah. was, I loved it. And, and a lot of people blueprint. don't know that. A lot of people don't yeah, know that. Yeah, and that's it, what I want to kind of bring to light and stuff is because that was so that was so much fun. And I remember we got invited down and I actually got to spend a week with you to actually do the camp. And I just remember it was so much fun. It was so much fun. And, and the cool thing is, is that, you know, I thought that was going to continue. Like I said, like we spoke earlier, like I was ready yep. to bring you here to St. Michael's. Yeah. I knew you were good. But then, you know, some things happened. And that's what we're going to get to in segment number two. And before I end segment one, I just want to yep. say what you just shared there with what Tia said, that is so big because that right now, I think a lot of people would say, well, Steve, he's your family. Shouldn't you know all these things? There's a lot of things I knew mm -hmm. that we would discuss that maybe I've been hearing for the first time. That being one of them, because for me, my mantra is if there's difficulty in any scenario, um, as hard as it might be, because first of all, you have to put pride aside is I always look in the mirror and I said, okay, what can I do better? But the one thing I've never really done, I've never said, well, maybe I should pray for the other side or that other person that their heart be changed because I've never thought about it in that way. I've always thought, okay, bring it back to yourself, bring it back to yourself. And just how can you be better in the situation? And I have to say, Nine times out of 10, that usually works. But there are those times where I'm like, oh, man, would you just change that person? And yeah. so this really kind of helps me with you just saying that. So thank you. That's big. And, and, what, and what's so profound, Steve, is this, is that prayer prayer changes things. Yeah. You know, prayer prayer changes things. You know, uh, this will timestamp the episode a little bit. But, I mean, with, with what's going on, you know, with mm -hmm. DeMar Hamlin, you know, you think about that, like, what was the country's response to this mm -hmm. this defensive back having cardiac arrest on the field? What what was the response from a nation, from yeah. these two football teams, from other football teams? What did people do? They did the only thing that they could do. They prayed. Yeah. And what a scene and what a visual that is. And um, you know, and so for what he went through, I, I think he actually, uh, interestingly enough, this will timestamp the episode even more. Uh, he got, uh, discharged from the hospital today. And, uh, you think about, you think about how that rallied a nation. And at the core of that is this, this factual sense, belief that prayer works and prayer changes things. Absolutely. And, uh, Prayer changed my heart, and it wasn't because of what I did, because somebody else was praying for me. Yeah. Oh, man, so good. That's only segment one, everybody. We got segment two coming back. Now, usually everyone that's on this show has a NorCal, there's something about it, and Craig definitely has that. We've talked all SoCal, but we mentioned Bayside, and Bayside in Folsom was a place where Craig and his family were for a few years. Uh, he worked alongside another great pastor named Brian Hopkins, and mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that and much, much more because in the final segment, when we do what is called Rapid Fire, we're going to find out how and why. The story is a great one. There's two of them of why Craig Olson is the biggest Alabama fan and the biggest Buffalo Bills fan, but I don't believe has ever lived in New York, nor has he lived in Alabama. It's a great, great story. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this on Experience the Bus. What a great opening segment right there. Wow, so much more to come. We got two more segments to go, but right now it's time to thank our sponsors, R5 Stitch and Print, 
Pit Boss Jerky, and Little Whale Swim School. Let me tell you a little bit about them. A great thing about becoming a sponsor is not only do we highlight your business, but you also get to be on the show. That's right. In fact, Troy Rousey of R5 Stitch and Print, he was featured in episode number 25. Uh, they specialize in screen printing and embroidery. If you're watching on the video side, this and this. That's right, the hats, the sweatshirt by my good friend Troy Rousey and R5 Stitch and Print. What I love about them is the the quality of product that they put out and also they have a graphic design artist that is in place. So that person uh, can help you with uh, putting together a package, whether it be for business or it's personal. I don't know about you, but I'm a visual person so they can create a portfolio. So again, r5print.com and a big thank you to R5 Stitch and Print. Pit Boss Jerky. I was just in Amy Hardware today trying to get uh, some things for the house. You know, we had storms here in Northern California and wouldn't you know it, I walk into Amy Hardware on El Camino Avenue and there's a display of Pit Boss Jerky. That's right. Joe Green is the Pit Boss, and they've got 12 amazing flavors, including one that is named after this program. It's my favorite. It should be, right? Experience the buzz. I also love raspberry apple chipotle, and I do love island teriyaki, but that's only three of the 12 flavors. you got to check them out for yourself. There's two ways that you can find the best beef jerky, I believe, that is made on planet Earth, and that's without bias and without knowing that Pit Boss Jerky is a sponsor of this show. You can go to Amy Hardware. They have two locations here in Sacramento. They also have a new location in El Dorado Hills. Uh, they are also featured in Knee Deep Brewery, which is located in Auburn, or you can call Joe. It is called the Order Board, and it's 916-769-8607. And then finally, we want to thank Little Whale Swim School, where it's always summer at Little Whale. Uh, they can be found at littlewhaleswim.com, located at 4106 El Camino Avenue, right here in Sacramento. If you're getting ready for a swim team, great place to go. Need a great rainy day energy burn? Guess what? Come on in and swim at Little Whale. And also, if you're looking for a job, they are always hiring. They have year-round part-time positions available. Okay, so again, that's littlewhaleswim.com, located at 4106 El Camino Avenue. And I had mentioned episodes, Anya Hall, who is the owner, is featured in episode six. And prior to that, Joe Green of Pit Boss Turkey, his story is told in episode number 26. This is episode number 109, and we got more of that conversation coming your way right now. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that first segment. And of course, a word from our sponsors. Uh, big thank you once again to our sponsors. You know, they make this show run, although I would do it without sponsors. But it's good to have them uh, support the local businesses. Of course, I'm talking about R5 Stitch and Print, Pit Boss Jerky, and Little Whale Swim School. We are speaking with Craig Olson. It is episode number 109. He is the teaching pastor at Crossroads Christian Church in Corona, California. He will be the senior pastor. He's on this like little six-year run where he's going to have a mentor in Chuck Boer. Is Boer is how you say it, Craig? Yep. Yes? Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Right. And then he will take over. So again, a very unique situation. We had a great opening segment. And now we get to the part of how... Craig and his family ended up coming to NorCal, okay? So I think it's very important that with this series, listen to the episodes with Tyler, which was last week, Craig this week, and then we're going to be speaking with Jim Swaney, who is the father 
of Tyler Sweeney and the father-in-law of Craig Olson and is also a pastor, but he's in Sebastopol, which is in the Bay Area. I really encourage you because see what Craig doesn't know, he has not heard the episode with Tyler. So as we're talking here, I'm just getting these little like hairs are standing up of what he's talking about. And I'm going to share it with him later, but didn't want to say within anything within the context of the interview, just this bounce back now of SoCal NorCal. Now you get the opportunity. Now let's set it up. Tyler Sweeney had made the move. He joins Bayside of Granite Bay. And then all of a sudden the family gets word that there is a strong possibility that this man, Craig Olson and his family may be coming to Bayside as well. I leave it there. Tell us the story. So um, our, our, our vocational ministry uh, journey started after five years of teaching. And so I was, a, I was that teacher and we went to Oceanside for two years. We were there for two years. Then we came to Crossroads where we're at today for three years from 2015 to 2018. And it actually all kind of started um, at uh, in uh, July of 2017. We were up in Tahoe. And yeah. Tyler had already made the move up there. Tyler and Allie had already moved up there. We went up there to go visit for 4th of July. And we probably saw family, probably saw you guys. And we went to Tahoe. And um, and we were we were walking, uh, kind of a family walk. And Ty, Tyler goes, hey, um, are, you, are you happy where you're at? <laughs> and I was like, dude, we love it. Like, we love Crossroads. He goes, so you're like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like be thinking about leaving. I'm like, no, like we, this was our, our two year mark there. We loved it. No, we, we aren't, we aren't looking to leave. He goes, okay. He goes, so you wouldn't ever, you know, cause we could work together at Bayside. Like we could. And I mean, we'd always kind of joked like how fun that would be to work together one day, but we loved it here. We had community, we had friendships. Um, we had two young kids at the time. Cammy was getting ready to start kindergarten. Um, Cade was, uh, was younger. He wasn't re uh, ready to start preschool yet, but, um, but we loved where we were at. And, um, and so, uh, no joke The very next week, Tyler calls me and he goes, dude, I am so, I'm, so, I have to tell you, I promise as God is my witness, I did not say anything. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? He goes, my boss, Carl, he he asked about you and maybe coming to Bayside. And I'm like, what? He goes, yes. And I swear I didn't say anything. I didn't bring up your name. He goes, you just came up because Steve, every time that we came up to Northern California to come visit you guys and to visit uh -huh. family, Bayside is always the Northern California church home for us because that's where you guys went. Right. So we would always go to Bayside. We would always go there. So of course, we met people over time. Mm -hmm. Tyler ended up getting hired there. So I got to meet a bunch of staff, but not one time, Steve, did I ever think, well, you know what? I'd really love to work here. Never thought that ever. And, um, and so, uh, I remember him calling me on the phone that week after 4th of July, he goes, Carl just said, you know, Hey, Tyler, don't you have like a, don't you have like a cousin or a brother or something that like is in youth ministry. I feel like I've met somebody and Tyler, he literally goes, Oh, that, that's my brother-in-law, but they're pretty happy where they're at. And Tyler goes, and, but he didn't, he didn't take that as he wasn't content with that answer. 
he was like, do you think he would have a conversation? And Tyler's like, I mean, I'll ask, but you know, why not? So he calls and Tyler basically tells me, he asked, would you be willing to have a conversation? And I'm like, of course, like, what's a conversation? That's of course, like, you know, I'll get to talk to whomever and sure. And, um, and so a few days later, Tyler's boss calls me and we have a conversation and okay, let's we'll pray about it. And felt, okay, let's, let's see having a conversation, you know, at the very, at the very, you know, worst case scenario for them, I say no. And we're, we're, we're still content where we're at. So we yeah. spent, I mean, it was a year long process and there were multiple times throughout the process where we thought this is going to end right here. Like it's just not going to happen. And, um, we prayed a lot about it. We kind of kept it close to our chest. We didn't really yep. want to put it out there. We didn't want people to get their feeling like to get their hopes up right. and then come crashing down. And, um, <clears throat> you know, we'd always gone to Granite Bay. And so, you know, we, we thought that's where we would probably want to be is Granite Bay. It makes the most sense. I came from Eastside was a, you know, a bigger church and, um, it's what I'm comfortable with. It's what I'm used to. And, um, and they said, uh, I'll never forget. They said, we're thinking of, um, of Folsom for you. And I was like, Folsom. And I remember my first thought was where the prison is. Like that's, I think that's everybody. I think that's everybody's first thought. Oh my gosh. And Steve, no joke. We were, we were basically, we were done. Like we were going to come back and okay. say no. And, um, they had said the campus pastor at Bayside Folsom would love to get in touch with you. His name's Brian Hopkins. Yeah. And I was like, all right, fine. Like, well, I'll talk to Brian. And um, they, the, I'll, su I'll summarize it like this. People generally say you shouldn't really ever make a decision based on one person. Like, you shouldn't ever say yes or no to something because there's one person either involved or not involved. Like, you know, you just shouldn't, you shouldn't, shouldn't do it. Not, not probably business smart or not, you know, super strategic. Right, right. But I sat with Brian and I got to say, I don't know that I've met, I, I know, I know I have not met a more humble, mm. kind, caring leader than Brian Hopkins. Wow. And, um, and that's what you generally see on the, on the exterior, what he leads with. Mm -hmm. He's one of the most strategic, wise, um, careful and just I, I he he sees people so well and i gotta be honest i had flown up to northern california I think it was march and i spent a few days with him and i remember telling christina i said i think this is it and you will not believe you will not believe the interaction i got to have with who my boss would be and um and that was a game changer and, uh, and so we, um, we had prayed about it. We said yes, which means we were going to leave crossroads. And, um, that was hard. It was really hard. I've, I've said already a couple times on here. We loved, we loved crossroads. Yeah. It was us. We have so much DNA. We left, we left a part of our heart here for sure. And, um, we went to Northern California and, um, those three and a half years that we spent at Bayside Folsom, they were a training ground for me that I didn't know that I was stepping into. And I, I'll say this right now. If I look back 30 years from now, 
and I look back on the leader that I prayerfully will continue to develop, there will be so much Brian Hopkins all over, like fingerprints all over, like the kind of leader that I am because of who he is. And, um, I mean, that is a special, that is a special human being for any, anybody who's listening right now. And there's a lot of, I mean, Bayside is, is like the hub of leadership in Northern California, especially the Sacramento area. No question. Even in the country, like the caliber of leadership at Bayside is next level. But you get around, you get around Brian Hopkins for a few minutes and you learn real quick, man, there's something different about this guy. Selfless, caring, compassionate, smart. Um, and he is just, he is just for you. Like you'll get around somebody and you kind of like, ah, I don't really, this guy is always for you. And, um, I I look back and, um, when we said yes, going there was going to be hard to leave crossroads. And I got to tell you, Steve, there were many times when I laid in bed at night and I thought we went Northern California and we left the confines of crossroads and the relationships we had, man, did I make a, did I make a mistake? Like it was hard. We, we uprooted, we moved 450 miles North and Mm -hmm. it's the first time I'd lived outside of Southern California. I'd never lived outside of Southern California. See, and that's what um, was big too, because with Tyler, he was talking about, I was, Tyler was used to going from NorCal, SoCal, NorCal, SoCal for you. Like you said, this was your first big move. Yeah. You visited NorCal a lot, but you were a SoCal guy. So to be able to step out of your comfort zone and be able to make this move. Uh, was a really big deal. And obviously, when it came down and you were able to announce it, it was huge news within the family because yep. we're like, wait, everybody's coming to Northern California. This is beautiful. You know, yep. because I shared with Tyler about the two weddings, you know, his wedding and then your wedding. And, you know, there were so many great memories from your wedding that I was able to DJ with Riley singing with PJ. Uh, oh, but yeah. the big one for me is when we had the NorCal SoCal showdown on the dance yeah. floor. And it was like, man, there really are differences between NorCal and SoCal. So yeah. you were really coming to a place where you had to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And I got to give kudos to my wife because Tia has, she, she is so change of her. She hates change. Um, but her whole life has been change. I mean, she was, you know, out on the mission field till she was six. She moved back to Northern California, you know, till she was in sixth grade. You think about a sixth grader moving from Northern California to Southern California that like she did and, Mm -hmm. you know, went through that whole season. What's interesting was in 2017, her parents, uh, you know, Jim and Lisa, you know, Jim will be on next week. Like you said, they moved to Santa Rosa and they went to Northern California and it was hard on Christina. And I look back and I think about, yes, it was hard for her, but there was so much of the relationship here at Crossroads that got her through that really difficult Mm -hmm. season. And uh, Bayside wasn't on the wasn't on our radar at that point at all, and we were both pretty adamant that we wouldn't leave this place. Like this is this is a special place. And then when we did go north, I I loved that season for her because 
she was now once again really you know closer to her parents yeah. two hours away mm -hmm. but she got to spend so much we got to spend so much time with you guys you mm -hmm. know i think some of those most special moments for us first of all being able to go to family birthday parties but yeah. man i think about <laughs> uh I, I think about you and chrissy coming and watching our kids on monday night so we could go to small group you know yeah. and the time that you got to be with cammy and Cade, like those are special like those are Absolutely. special moments and, um you know just being in proximity <clears throat> and truthfully steve we thought i i love change by the way and so i'm all for it usually i thought and generally genuinely we were beginning to put roots down in northern california right uh for a place that we thought you know what Folsom, maybe not, but you know, I got to meet Brian. We were at a place where we thought we could, we could do this. And, uh, you know, everybody was kind of up there and, uh, and it was, uh, it was a special season. Uh, we loved, we loved Roseville. We loved, we lived in Roseville, worked in Folsom. We loved it. Loved the school that our kids got to be a part of. We, we built some pretty good relationships up there, but you know, there was family up there and it was a special, it was a special season, especially for Christina, for her to feel uh, like she had that connection once again, because family's big for her. Family's real big for her. And uh, for her to have that closeness uh, for her family up there was, um, it was a big deal for her. Craig Olson is our guest and I hope you're following along because do you see how this is all going to weave together? Because right now we're at the portion where he's at Folsom but then Crossroads, the place he left, comes back into the picture. So you described how hard it was to say goodbye to the people at, the cro at Crossroads. You're at Folsom. You're three and a half years. You're, your mentor is Brian Hopkins. You just said top your like up there, top of your list mm -hmm. for mentors. And then this final piece of the story comes together. Tell us that piece because it's pretty amazing how this all weaves together. I'll never forget it. Um, it was the day before the Thrive Conference was going to begin. And if you're in Northern California and you're listening to this and you've been to a Thrive Conference that Bayside has put on, um, it was the day before it started. And I was, I was making a run from Folsom to Granite Bay, which is where the Thrive Conference was going to happen. Uh, and, um, and, <clears throat> uh, was driving over there and I get a text message from Pastor Chuck out of the blue randomly. And, uh, he says, Hey, um, wanted to see if you would want to catch up and have a conversation. I'd love to hear about how ministry is going up there and would love to share and, you know, just swap some ideas, you know, there's and, that word conversation again. <laughs> yeah, hey, and I've always said, I'm open to a conversation. Um, and, uh, and so I said, yeah, Chuck, of course, like I would love to. And we had a good relationship here. Like we, you know, I didn't interact a ton with him. I mean, he was so busy and I was running junior high ministry here from 2015 to 2018, but yeah, let's have a conversation. And, um, did not expect what I was about to hear wow. in that conversation that I had. And he said, um, you know, here's where we're at. So every year for the past couple of years, the elders have come to me and they've, uh, said that, you know, is this the year that we begin the succession talk that we have the conversation. And um, what's interesting is they had started the conversation <clears throat> when I was here in like 2018. Okay. And then again in 2019, here's what's wild in January of 2020, the elders and Chuck agreed 
it's time we have the conversation. It's time that we start this process. And I wonder how many people's plans were derailed that they made in January or February of 2020, because then, of course, the pandemic hit and they halted all of that. They said, we need leadership. So we're going to remove the succession plan off the table. And we're not going to talk about that. Like right now, we're not going to, we're not going to have any discussions about that. And, um, and I got to be honest with you, had that started in that moment, I don't know that if, if say a pandemic doesn't happen, right? I'm probably not getting a phone call or I'm probably less likely to say yes to this phone call because I'm still, still getting my feet wet. It feels like, you know, Mm -hmm. still trying to figure this thing out. And, and we were, you know, we wanted to give Northern California as fair a chance as any. And so let's, let's, let's do this thing. So I find that to be very interesting, but, um, in, uh, in, in May of 2021, uh, he calls and we start having this conversation. He's, he's telling me all this background and he says, uh, but this year, 2021, the elders believe that, you know, we're, this is the time to start the conversation. So I'm beginning a nationwide search and they've tasked me with coming up with 10 men to come and be a part of an interview process. And, um, I thought of you and, uh, I would love for you if you'd be open to it. Now, here's what I'm thinking, Chuck, this is so nice of you. This is so <laughs> kind, but this is just a, like, this kind of a, like a nod to like a, you were great here. We loved yeah. having you here. Like good I'm, work, Craig, right? You know, like I'm on number nine and I'm having a really hard time finding a number 10. So <laughs> you're just, you're just filling a line at this, at this point. Oh my and, goodness. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, sure. Like, let, let me pray about it. Talk to Christina. And so we do. And we went through about four or five months of interviews. And um, what's so interesting was I listened to a podcast during my time up in Northern California. And it's actually closer to uh, probably this time where um, it talked about um, <clears throat> when we grieve something, what happens is, is it creates a longing inside of us. I think it was a podcast by Annie F. Downs, I believe. And she talks okay. about how there's this process that you go through when you grieve something that what happens is, is there is a longing for something that you're grieving. And um, we grieved when we left here. We grieved when we left Crossroads. We missed it dearly. We had very special relationships here. And I found myself um, longing for the kinds of relationships that we had built here at Crossroads. And, um, I think that's really all that I could say about that, but I experienced this, 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 this desire was being sort of welled up inside of me a little bit. And so, um, and so we prayed a lot about it and, um, I'll say this, and this is another shout out to Brian. Um, I was very open with him, uh, from the very beginning and I wanted, I genuinely sought his, um, I genuinely sought his leadership and his wisdom because I, I valued him a ton. Sure. And so I was very open from the very beginning. And I think it's a very special attribute about who he is. There's some people out there that even in churches, sadly, and I know stories like this, uh, that I've heard from people where they let somebody know that there's maybe my employment might be coming to an end, or I'm thinking about accepting a position somewhere else where the response is, oh, no, 
you can go ahead and take it because when you walk out of this door right now, you're done. And, 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 and people will, it's happened. I know, I know of stories that have happened and I got to credit Brian. We had hours of conversations and I'll look back and, and, and think of those memories fondly as we, as we talked about life and ministry and talked about the process that I was going through and he was giving me his wisdom and he was, you know, and it wasn't self-serving. It wasn't like, are you really going to leave me here? Are you really like, I've poured a lot into you. Like, yeah, uh, it was. Hey, Craig, man. is there one big piece of advice that he gave you that kind of has stuck with you, uh, whether it be during this process or him just during the three and a half years of being your mentor? I, I think, um, I think what he really, what he wanted me to tap into was, um, and he wasn't going to give me an answer, right? He wasn't going to be like, do this or do that. Yeah. He was genuinely a mentor and still is to this day. And, um, uh, but he kept asking the question, what do you think you're supposed to do? Yeah. Like, what do you believe that the Lord is leading you to do? He goes, I can, I'm going to give you versions of certain things, but, um, it was just, it was just so, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in thought processes and we think about pros and cons and we get, sometimes we make, sometimes we overcomplicate decisions. Sure. And he was so simplistic in the way that he approached it that he just kept asking, what do you think you're supposed to do? What do you think is going to be best for your family? Mm -hmm. But ultimately, what do you think the Lord's asking you to do here? Yeah. And, um, and you know, what's crazy is in both of these situations, when we left Crossroads the first time, and then we left Bayside, uh, we asked for the Lord. And, you know, when it comes to asking the Lord for signs, right, Lord, we want the flashing neon sign, right? We want the like, <laughs> do this, do in both of those situations. When we prayed, we didn't get that. And I genuinely believe in both of those situations. Uh, the first time I felt like it came from the Lord when we left Crossroads, he told us, you know what? I could use you at Crossroads or I could use you at Bayside. Mm -hmm. And we got that same exact answer. This time it actually kind of felt like it came through people. And mm -hmm. uh, Brian was one of those people that really made it clear, you know what, the kind of person that you are, and he was so gracious to me, um, but the kind of person that I felt like he was telling me, you know, he told me the kind of person that you are, God will use you no matter where you go. Right. And um, that meant a lot to me. And, uh, he's still, I would consider him to be one of, uh, the most profound, impactful people in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'll, it, it, I always say this, that I tell people here at crossroads from time to time, that if you ever spent some time around Brian, you would recognize like, oh yeah, I could see, I could see why I could see that you spend some time with that guy because I see how he's rubbed off on you. And, um, so true, so true. And so I think about you know, Brian and certainly Chuck's leadership and, mm -hmm. and I've been, I've been spoiled and, uh, beyond what I'm, what I'm, what I'm owed. Um, and, uh, it's been, it's been a joy being back here. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a continuous journey, uh, just to even, uh, just to even shout out Brian. So back in October of 2021, the church Crossroads turned 130 years old, and we had made the announcement that week that the that Crossroads was was uh, changing. That they announced that Pastor Chuck would be retiring in six years, and that 
I would be taking over senior pastor, the love and support and excitement from people was, it was, I mean, just so it was humbling and emotional and ex- and exciting to know that this, these are the people that I'm going to do, be able to do ministry with. Um, uh-huh. But here's the kind of guy that Brian is. He came down that week and was here for a few days just to be able to support and to be here. And I think about just the kind of guy that he is. And if anybody is listening and you're in Northern California, go to Bayside Folsom just for a weekend and just try and meet him. Like, (laughs) Brian, I'm sorry if you get flooded with a bunch of people, but but you'll quickly see how special and how anointed he is by God. And that you talk about, you talk about a guy doing what they were put on earth to do. Mm -hmm. That's a guy that's living that out. And um, I get to do both of that. I saw that with him and I'm getting that with pastor Chuck um, and uh, couldn't be more excited about what awaits, you know, what, me and my family and certainly, you know, the incredible people here at Crossroads. Yeah. Let me give this some context as well, too, because as you're speaking and making these big decisions, I remember being at Arcade Baptist Church and I had described this last week in my conversation with Tyler that, you know, they were coming off when I came to Arcade with my wife, Kristen. Uh, Pastor Lee Thompson had been there for 40 years. He was retiring. They were bringing in this new guy and his name was Daniel Henderson. Well, Daniel Henderson is the one that that led me to the Lord. Like I heard one of his messages and a light bulb went off, uh, you know, to put it in a nutshell. I'm like, wait, it's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And so I got baptized at age 30. And I believe Daniel was there for a solid, I, I don't know how many years, but we would do this thing every year and churches do this. We do a 40 day kind of spiritual journey. And um, within that journey, at the end, you kind of see where you're at if things change. Well, we did one one year, and at the end of the journey, he comes on one Sunday and says, well, I have decided to take a, a pastor role in Minnesota. And I have to tell you, my heart broke. It was just like heartbreaking because I was just like, wait, this is not how it's supposed to happen. But as I sit here and I'm hearing your story, and I know a lot of this, but not all the details, it goes to show you where the pride comes in. Like, I wanted Daniel there for me, right? Mm. And not really realizing, well, wait, God is calling him to be somewhere else. What can you get out of that? And so I, I relate those those two things like so like in such a big way. And then, you know, for us, we were at Granite Bay for many years. When you came to Folsom, it was a pretty easy decision. I know it didn't happen right away, but like, we're like, yeah, we got to go support Craig and be there at Bayside Folsom. And we loved the community. We loved it. We probably didn't get engaged as much as we should have, but we were definitely there for like you and then Brian Hopkins. And here's the last kicker. I'm DJing a wedding and guess who the officiant is? Brian Hopkins. (laughs) Then... Brian comes to me and he goes, well, my daughter's getting married in April of this year. And I said, well, I would obviously love it. Well, I could tell that he didn't want to make a decision. He stuck around because usually efficients will do their thing, maybe eat dinner, yep. and then they're out, right? Yep. So he hung around with uh, one of his other daughters and he came up to me and he says, yeah, I think we'd like you to be our DJ. Would you? Can I get you in contact with my daughter? Well, I'm DJing their wedding in April. So there you go. So good stuff. And it was great because I had never met Brian in person. So it was really nice to talk to him. And of course I brought you up and stuff. So just a great conversation. And it's just, it is amazing how God works. And so with your situation, 
you know, I finished this way. We, we obviously were deeply saddened over the fact that you guys were going to leave us. But the way I looked at it was like, wow, what a great three and a half years we had with you. Yeah. And what happened just this past weekend? We went down to Disneyland. Who'd we go hook up with? Yep. You guys down in downtown Disney. So yep. that's how I think it's all perspective in how you treat things. So Craig, I'm very grateful that you shared your journey because I think it speaks in a lot of ways to people where they can really, like I said, point to something like, yeah, I understand what he's talking about. Yeah. And if I told you this, we're not done because then we got some fun stuff coming up in segment three. Are you ready for rapid fire? Will you be okay with that? I love a good rapid fire. Lightning round. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So such a great conversation. We're going to take another break, come back, and we'll, we'll get right to it. Rapid fire. And also let uh, Craig kind of close things out in terms of people that are out there that are just like figuring out like, man, what the, what does this all mean? How can I have a connection? This thing about prayer, which came up with Tyler in a big way. Maybe Craig can put a finishing touch on that as well. So don't go anywhere. More of Experience your, the Buzz coming your way in just a moment. All right, another amazing segment in the books. We got rapid fire right around the corner with our guest today, Craig Olson. Time to thank our sponsors, Pit Boss Jerky, R5 Stitch and Print, and Little Whale Swim School. Pit Boss Jerky, uh, you can uh, find their great product, which is beef jerky. They got 12 amazing flavors. Order board, the number is 916-769-6807. Yes, it's that easy. You can call and place your order, or you can go to Amy Hardware, uh, located in three locations, two here in Sacramento on El Camino Avenue, and one, which is the newest, just opened a few months ago in El Dorado Hills. Or if you're in the Auburn area, Knee Deep Brewery, they feature there as well. And I'm not kidding. It is great. Uh, three flavors that I will highlight for you. My favorite, it's named after the show, Experience the Buzz. Yes, that's without bias. It's really good. And they got raspberry, apple, chipotle, and island teriyaki. Next up, I uh, want to thank R5 Station Print uh, on the audio or video side. You see the sweatshirt here. You see the hat here. It is all done by my good Good friend Troy Rousey and his crew. Crew, you can find them on the web at r5print.com or call 916-454-3773. Quality of the product is top shelf and delivery too, man. It comes in on time. Definitely check it out. They do screen printing and embroidery of all kinds and things you wouldn't even think of. So definitely check it out if you're trying to do anything for business or personal. And then finally, Little Whale Swim School. They are located at 4106 El Camino Avenue in Sacramento. You can find them at littlewellswim.com. Getting ready for swim team? Boom, go to Little Whale. Need a great rainy day energy burn? Boom, go to Little Whale. And if you're looking for a job, they are hiring year-round and also have part-time uh, positions available. Again, big thank you to our three sponsors. Now let's get to rapid fire with our guest this week, Craig Olson. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. We are here for the final segment. Uh, it is the new year, 2023. Getting ready to celebrate what would be year two, the end of year two. Hard to believe uh, we have uh, banked 109 episodes. You're listening to episode 109 right now. It is Craig Olson. He is the teaching pastor at Crossroads Christian Church in Corona. He has shared his wonderful journey with us. And now we get to a thing called rapid fire. Now, I had mentioned earlier, Buffalo Bills and Alabama. 
okay? And so I'm just going to leave it there. This is a SoCal guy, you would think, right? LA Lakers, Dodgers, Angels, you know, all those teams. And he does have some affection for those teams, but it's all about Alabama and Buffalo Bills. But we wonder, how can that happen? Where do you want to start? You want to start with Alabama or Buffalo Bills? Probably Bama. That's okay. the, that's the deep passion. Yeah, Let's that's go the, Bama. That's so, um... It's funny you said that the Lakers and Dodgers, Angels, those allegiances are there because, honestly, those teams were always there. Yeah. And, you know, pro football, you know, we had teams that loved us and didn't love us here in SoCal. And, um, and you know, college football, I mean, USC felt like it might as well have been or UCLA might, have, might as well have felt like it was in another state because it was just i mean it's la you know people think oh you lived in la and that's like out a couple hours because traffic is brutal so anyways all that to say i'm eight years old my best friend growing up uh his and uh, his him and his family are huge miami hurricanes fans huge and again i don't know the connection they just were and um he invites me over to the national championship game the 92 national championship game on january 1st 1993 and it's uh, Miami, and it's Alabama, and they're playing each other in the Sugar Bowl for the national title. And uh, it's just green and orange everywhere in his house. Just vomit of green and orange. Everywhere. I was going to say, two bad colors for a combination. Tough. Yeah. Tough. The funny part is uh, my, my buddy's dad, he was colorblind, and for the longest time, he thought that they were orange and brown. <laughs> And he says, "Hey, can you bring me my brown, my brown Hurricanes hat?" And he goes, "What are you talking about? Yeah, the brown on my dresser." He goes, "Dad, that's green." He oh goes, "Oh my gosh, it's green." So, anyways, walk in, green and orange everywhere. Eight and years old. Is, I'm eight years eight old. Years old. Is, eight years old. What does an eight-year-old do? You root for the other team. Like you're just that turd of a kid, and you're just like, "Go Bama!" And you're just rubbing your face. Bama wins the game, and it just became a burning passion. Ever since the funny part is they were trash right from that point on and the late nineties and early two thousands, they sucked. They were so bad, but like, you were still a fan though. Even during those huge times, fan. yeah, huge watched every game, you know, got excited when we went seven and five, like, you know, which of course now we're spoiled. And so anyways, just became a huge, huge fan. Nick Saban shows up. He just, you know, turns everything and all of this uh here's the here's the great part uh well it's kind of great i've only been to one alabama game in my entire life i've never been this is great never been to the state of alabama never been to tuscaloosa interestingly enough the high school pastor on our staff his name's sawyer he's from alabama he went to the university of alabama oh my gosh went to football games basketball games, all the, i just sit we, sh- we share stories he was there i was watching it on tv whatever and um so the owner operator of the Folsom uh chick-fil-a who was a part of bayside Folsom yeah. he got two tickets to go to the national championship game in 2019. And of course, it's the college football playoff at that time. And you've got the semifinals and then you've got the final. So Alabama plays Oklahoma in the, I think it was Oklahoma in the semifinal. And uh, he's like, I'm going to invite you to go. And I was like, oh, dear Lord, please don't let this be the time that we lose to Oklahoma. Like, we've got to get there. National championship game is in Santa Clara. We go, they play Clemson. And it's, it's the year that Tua was quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence just carved us up and we lost 
So I'm 0-1 in my career going <laughs> to Alabama football games. And I am des- – like I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get a winning record of in-person games. And so um, – You need two fans. victories. You need two victories. Yeah, I need two. Yeah, I need two victories. <laughs> Preferably back-to-back would be great. Um, and, uh, and I'm just going to say this, Craig, I don't even think you're doing your, the passion that you have justice. And so that's where I will speak at his wedding. There was the wedding cake and then there was the Alabama cake. Okay. So the passion runs deep. This guy on game day, even family cannot get through to him. Okay. No. Uh, even their dog bear, which rest in peace. I know past Ray and everything. Yep. Um, uh, bear it needs to be out of the way because things <laughs> things yeah, could yeah, happen yeah, yeah, on game yeah. day. Although I would say that I mean, you've experienced a lot more wins than you have losses. So <laughs> oh, it, we're spoiled. And yeah. when Nick Saban's done, it's going to be painful and all of yeah. that. Um, here's what's funny: my wife and I disagree on every single team ever. Like she hates the Angels, she's hates the Dodgers, hates the Lakers, hates them all the one thing that she adopted was Alabama football. And here's, what's great. I'm actually, I can be pretty negative, honestly. Like I'm not, I'm not the fan that's like, Oh, Alabama was the greatest team ever. Like we're, we're not good this year. We struggled. Um, I did meet Bryce Young at Disneyland. I got to share that story with you. It was yes. incredible. Shout out to you, Bryce Young. And, uh, loves the Lord. Love that. And, uh, but Christina's the one that's like, they're going to pull through. Two years ago, the Auburn game at Auburn, we're down 10-3. We look like just junk. It's terrible. I was sitting back on the couch. I took my hat off, threw the hat. We're done. Like She goes, where's your faith? Like It's going to happen. There have been multiple times that's happened that she's like, you know, an optimist in it, and I'm not. And uh, so, anyways, bleed, bleed the crimson. And uh, can't wait to go to Tuscaloosa. Cannot wait to go to Tuscaloosa. I was going to say, day. that's got to be your bucket list to bucket just be list. able oh, to experience that. Yeah. No. Without a doubt. And it's crazy, so. too, because there are a lot of Northern California kids that go to Alabama. Like, that's like that's a place to go to. It's big. So Jonah Williams, who graduated mm-hmm. Folsom High, went there. Here's what's funny. Uh, I had some students, because uh, I was doing high school ministry at Bayside Folsom and a few other things. The week after I left, Nick Saban was at Folsom High School. No. We had moved. We had moved. And he was doing a recruiting trip to, to uh, or a couple, it was a couple weeks after, I think. A couple weeks after, he was at Folsom High School. And uh, so, anyways, yeah, a couple kids have gone there. And, uh, but love, love Alabama football. Love college, college football is probably my favorite. I love baseball too, but something special about Saturdays in the fall. Okay, so similar story, Buffalo Bills. Uh, tell us about that. It, how'd that one go? That one's a little less adversarial when it comes to rooting against other people. Um, you know, we, we had football teams here that didn't really love us. You know, the Rams wanted to go to St. Louis. The Raiders never could make up their mind where they wanted to go, and they just popped around. And again, I was eight years old. It must have been a formative age for me. My you know? goodness. And uh, they're, on, they're in the Super Bowl. And they lose. And I was like, oh, I kind of like, I, I honestly probably like the colors like more than anything. Yeah. And uh, they're in the Super Bowl again. I was like, oh, I love these guys. Well, then, of course, you know, they lose to the Giants. They lose to the Redskins. And then they are, uh, yeah, uh, Redskins, uh, Giants, Redskins. And then they go play the Dallas Cowboys. Well, my grandma was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan for, I can't judge her for the reason that she liked the Cowboys because I like the Bills and you know, Crimson Tide out of spite, really. But she loved Tom Landry and the way that he dressed. 
as their coach, like back in the, I don't even know, 70s. I don't know when he coached there. But she just thought he just looked so good. And I was like, Grandma, you're crazy. And I was like, go Bills. Like they've been in it two years in a row. They have to win. They lose the third one. They lose the fourth one. And uh, you talk about pain and misery again. Like mm. that franchise was a disaster. So we're uh, we're crossing our fingers now. We're Josh Allen special. And so hope here's but, the hoping that, uh, that, 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 it, that they pull it out. So. Yeah. Well, and, and but you said it's not the same. Is it the same amount? It's not the same amount of passion as you have not, for Alabama, right? Yeah, not really. And honestly, yeah. a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, I don't really get to watch the Bills all that much. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't have NFL ticket. And I mean, when would I watch it? You know, most of their games are 10 a.m. on Sunday. I'm well, I was going to say you work on Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm trying not to be bitter that they drew the 10 o'clock slot for the wild right, card weekend right. right now. I'm like, they could have had Saturday or Sunday night. Nope, they got Sunday at 10 a.m., but they should hopefully take care of business. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's not as big, but I got to tell you, like, over the past couple of years, it's, 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 it's become more exciting because they're good. It's always, it's yeah. always, it's always more fun when you're good. You know, it's always more fun. But, uh, I'm not a fair weather guy. I'm 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 faithful to my teams, um, so I'll be crimson tide till I die, and you know Buffalo Bills till I die, and I of course the it. Lakers are in that. Angels and Dodgers. I do love them both. Special memories for each of those two teams. So, yeah. Okay. All right. So that was kind of a rapid fire, like extended edition. I think people yeah. needed to figure out, okay, what yeah. what's behind this Alabama Buffalo Bills thing? And I always love hearing the story. So yeah. these will be a little bit quicker on the answers and stuff. When you think of favorite sports moment, it could either be personally or it could be something professionally. What do you think? What comes to mind? Uh, I probably have, um, I probably have two. Um, my favorite professional sports moment was in, uh, uh, it was September. It might've been October. I think it was October of 2002 and, uh, was at angel stadium game six against the twins. Adam Kennedy hits three home runs yes. uh, in the ALCS. And, um, I had seats in the bleachers. This is a great story too, because there are a lot of fans in Northern California that do not like the 2002 Cal, uh, they were the Anaheim, or they were the California Angels well, at that, or Anaheim the Rally Monkeys, right? Was that Rally Monkey time? Monkeys, yep. Yeah, and um, and so we 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 beat the Twins. Adam Kennedy hits three home runs, and I I thought for sure the stadium was going to collapse. Yeah, and um, it's just one of those things where you're just you're just blown away at how loud that place was. Mm -hmm. Of course, we go to the World Series and we play the San Francisco Giants, the heavily favored San Francisco mm -hmm. Giants. And uh, we take care of business there, you know, uh, and I love that. I've, I preached that at Folsom a couple times and uh, <laughs> had people tell me where they were when they lost game seven. And uh, Giants had their chances. They were up late in game six and they squandered it. And yeah. uh, but anyways, love that. Hate the Giants. Hate the Giants. We Big share Dodgers that. Too. We um, share genuinely, that. That, that, sports, that sports fan moment was, was fun. Personal sports. Oh, man. I don't know. I, this was probably more recent. It's probably not. It's not for me. It's probably for my son, Cade, honestly. Um, uh, we're playing. He's playing flag football. I, I'm, I don't think I'll be. I prayerfully am not one of those dads that's going to live vicariously through their sons. But this was just a special moment for him. 
Uh, he's playing flag football, and uh, they were in a playoff game this past season. He's eight, okay? So I'm take it take it with a grain of grain of salt, folks. Um, but uh, he's eight, and it's tied. And uh, if they don't, uh, this other team basically is going to throw a hail mary to try and win the game. And uh, so quarterback drops back, and Cade's back. He's he's playing safety. He's got good ball hawk skills, whatever. He just, he just loves the game. He's got tons of energy. He's pretty fast too. So <laughs> runs around, intercepts the ball, runs it back for a pick six with oh, zero, wow. with zeros on the clock. They win. They go to the next round of playoffs. It was fun. It was just so, that was probably my most fun, like recent memory yeah. for him. My sports career is, you know, not, not stellar to say the least. And so I probably don't have any uh, you know, very special sports moments, but uh, that was we'll give it to, that was we'll give it to Cade. We'll give it to give Cade it to this Cade. time. Around. Give it to him. All right, and we finish out with Disneyland. Uh, we're big fans of the, fa- of the family. I know you guys have you know season passes and everything. Uh, whether it be Disneyland or California Adventure, what is your favorite ride? I'd say right now it's Incredicoaster yes. at California Adventure. Yep. Gaming Cade love it, yep. so I love experience that with them. But my all-time favorite is Space Mountain. Okay, I mean, cool. It's, it's great. You know what? Fun. And with, it's interesting with Space Mountain because for a period of time, they went with the Star Wars theme. And yep. being there just recently, they've gone back to the original. Have they you do the original. That? They'll do like the Hyperspace Mountain, which is oh. the Star, which is like the Star Wars theme. So they go back and forth? They'll kind of go back and forth. But then, it, during, but then during the holiday season, during mm-hmm. especially during Halloween – they do the um, I don't even I, I don't even think it's called something different, but it's they have like ghosts in there. And oh, really? It's, it's a little different. It's a little I don't know scary, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but that one's great. It's especially great when it's hot out because you go inside and it's air conditioned and it feels yeah. good. So that's probably the old man in me talking now. Like, I love just it. give me some air conditioning. I so. love it. You know, Tyler says thirty three. How old are you? Now thirty eight. 38. 38. Okay, so five years yep. difference between the two yep. of you. Well, it's been a great, great conversation. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of want to finish off this way of just like you just speaking to the audience. You know, this is this series that I'm doing is in place on purpose uh, because mm-hmm. I just wanted to to make sure that, you know, outside of you guys being family, of course, I think it's very unique that within our family, we have three of you that are pastors. And I've, I've always spoken very highly of Jim. He was a huge mentor for me in terms of just questions I had about the Bible and Jesus and, you know, my relationship and everything. And he's been absolutely huge. And now to watch you and now to watch Tyler's just been an amazing thing. So anything as a last word that you would like to share uh, with the listeners out there that may be a believer or not a believer. Yeah. Well, there's a word that you just said, Steve, that I think is so crucial. It's purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, you just said you're doing this series on purpose and for every single person that's listening to this, no matter when you listen to this, I want you to know that you are, you were made, you were created on purpose for a purpose and with a purpose. And, um, you know, my hope and prayer for every single person, believer or not would understand that, um, that you matter and that your life is special and, um, you did not create yourself. You know, God, God is the author and perfecter, not only of our faith, but he's the creator of all. And, um, you know, my, my hope is that you would encounter the Lord. If, if you've never encountered him, that you would one day. And if you feel like it's been a little, it's been a dry season for you, 
my hope and prayer is that you would experience the Lord in a way that you never have um, before. And I, um, I don't know why I feel like sharing this right now, but I even want to speak to the people that have been hurt by the church. Um, you know, the church is not perfect. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, I feel particularly really passionate about this actually being an older, an older millennial and the church hurt is real and, um, the church doesn't always get it right. There's no question. Um, we're a bunch of imperfect people trying to exist with other imperfect people in an imperfect world. But yet this is exactly how God designed this, that we would be the messengers, that we would be the, be the ones trying to distribute grace, not making ourselves famous, but making God famous. And, um, if you've ever been hurt by the church, um, I just, I want to say sorry on behalf of, <laughs> of the church really that, uh, there have been some hard things, and I'm not discrediting any of that. There's been really hard stuff. My hope is that um, wherever you're at on your journey, that uh, your eyes would be able to fix on Jesus. Um, because if you fix your eyes on Jesus as followers, you'll always be let down. And, um, you know, Jesus is the only one that uh, can handle all the things that you're going through. And he can handle it all. So give it to him. And uh, just don't forget that purpose. And, uh, you know, you were created on purpose with a purpose and for a purpose. And so, um, Steve, man, I just, uh, I appreciate you and your faith journey. And, uh, honestly, the conversations that we've been able to have over the years and, uh, and, uh, just appreciate you and your impact and what you're doing. And, uh, this, even this special series that you're doing, it's, it's been a true honor to be a part of it. So thanks for having me, Steve. Really appreciate it. Wow. Everyone. He is Craig Olson. We'll be back with a final word. So there you have it, man. I'm still, I've still got goosebumps and I'll tell you why, because now we've had two segments. And so if you're just listening to this segment with Craig Olson, my invitation to you is to go back and listen to the one with Tyler Sweeney, which was last week, and then invite you to join us next week when we talk to Jim Sweeney. So these are three people in my family that are all pastors, but all share a completely different experience. I hope you saw that through today and Craig being able to share his story. And there's so many things that stuck out for me. And again, I know you would say, well, listen, isn't he family? You should know these things. No, there's not a lot of things. You know, there's some things you don't get a chance to talk about, but what a great platform to have here with Experience Buzz where we can do that. So uh, I'm very humbled and very privileged that I had this opportunity to be able to share those kind of things on this platform uh, here with Experience the Buzz. So again, we invite you to tune in Next week, we'll do it on the weekly. We got some great shows lined up for you, and uh, we're very excited to bring it your way. My name is Steve Buzzard, your host. Love doing it. Love doing it for you. It's good, good stuff. Thanks. That's all I got for now. Talk to you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining Steve this week on Experience the Buzz. Steve would love to hear from you. Leave a review or contact Steve directly with any questions at scbuzzard at gmail.com. To see the other adventures of Steve Buzzard, be sure to visit buzzardball.com.